Get out the way. Who got a watch? Who got the time? I'm raising the clock. Even in my feelings, grind don't stop. Today, we have Ashley Cochran with us. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm great, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me here today on your podcast. No problem. Welcome to Mature Allure. So, Ashley, we have you here because we're talking about transformation and personal transformations. This is a time in, in women's lives, usually around midlife, where different transformations happen, different things happen, um, circumstances beyond our control and some within our control. I think you, I, I really believe you're an excellent guest to talk about this. So let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm Ashley Cochran and I'm a certified professional life coach. And I'm also the founder of Revolution Experience Coaching. And I help high achieving women navigate major life transitions and find clarity, joy, and fulfillment on the other side of overwhelm and fear. Wow. Overwhelm and fear. That's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> So tell us more about Revolution Experience Coaching. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So my coaching practice was born out of my own personal evolution. And I was an educator for 15 years, um, a very successful educator. I was a high school English teacher. I moved up quickly to instructional coach, to academic dean, and then to building principal. Um, and so... I was even the founder of a middle school and Ooh. I was tasked with starting this school in the middle of 2020. Um, okay. Yeah. A <laughs> so, school. A, a school. school. <laughs> a whole school. Yeah. And so we had the best launch plan and we were so excited. And then March came and COVID happened. Yeah. Um, and all of those plans very quickly just fell apart. And we ended up launching the school in August virtually without students present. So that was interesting. Um, so we had to pivot really quickly and prepare to open the school virtually. And then we had to transition all the students and staff back onto campus when that was time. Um, so that was fun. And it was, you know, a really interesting experience, but one I definitely grew from as a leader uh, and as a person. Um, and so not only did the world change in 2020 with COVID, so did my life. Yeah. Um, and then over the next three years, so not only did I uh, open this school in the most challenging time in history in education, um, but my nine-year-old son, Cash, was also diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. Um, and then the way my family looked and operated would change drastically over the next few years as I came out as pansexual after being married to a wonderful man for 15 years. Wow. So, so. Yeah. When you say pivot, I mean, those are lots of pivots, like lots of pivots, <laughs> lots and lots of pivots. There is a quote on your website that mm -hmm. says you are holding yourself back from taking the next step, you know, you need to take. Mm -hmm. So listening to your story, there were lots of steps that needed to be taken, but sometimes people have a hard time making that decision to take the step. And actually taking it, what what does that mean to you? Yeah, so my process of working through all of those pivots that had to happen was what led me to start my coaching practice. Um, I had been coaching in education for over 10 years 
Um, but I decided maybe we need to expand this. We need to move outside of education and really learning how to listen to my intuition and make that choice and move it into action um, is what helped me start my coaching practice. Because I think so many of us high achieving women, so mm -hmm. like you and like me, we've done so well and we've been so successful for a really long time. And we've done it by trying to walk this line of what do I really want and what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. um, like what will be palatable for others? And so we haven't always let ourselves win that debate. Yeah. And so many times there's this little voice in our head. That's our intuition. That's telling us we need to go a certain way, but so often we don't listen to that voice and we hold ourselves back um, because we don't trust it. Mm -hmm. um, and of course there are lots of reasons that we don't trust it. We don't want to fail at it. We're afraid. We want to take care of others' feelings, all of those types of things. Um, but essentially, we prioritize everything and everyone else before taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And so many times we're depriving ourselves of the lives we know we were born to live just by honoring that voice. And so when I say that people are holding themselves back, I see so many of us women doing that and not prioritizing ourselves and what we know we need to do to be the best versions of us. Wow. Yeah. I, what do you, let me, let me ask you this because you have a coaching business. <laughs> who do you think needs coaching life coaching or who should receive it? I mean, I, I know that might sound like a really basic weird kind of question, but it's, it's a real question. I mean, I think some people think, oh, I don't need it or what that's for someone else. Yeah. And so I have a couple of thoughts on that. And I will tell you the most common question I get. And actually someone just asked me yesterday is what the, what is the difference between therapy and life coaching? Um, and that's kind of where people start because they're like, I don't want to go to therapy. Um, but there's a big difference in between those two support systems. And anyone who needs support going through someone should seek out a therapist or a life coach. But therapists are trained um, and licensed to treat mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. So if you're facing a mental health diagnosis and you're ready to take a super deep dive into healing and trauma, you need to find a licensed therapist. That's your person. So a person who needs a coach is going to be somebody who maybe just finds themselves at a crossroads in life where you need support navigating those situations. It's not necessarily a deep dive into trauma, but it's evaluating where you are now, where you want to go and how to get there. Kind of like if you wanted to hire a personal trainer, you wanted to get in shape right? Yeah. You've gone to the gym, you've tried to modify your diet, you've done all the things, um, but it's not working. So now it's time to take that next step. Let's get somebody else involved in the process who knows what they're doing, who's an expert at it, who can encourage you and hold you accountable. Mm. That's when you need a life coach. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit about your story, because you mentioned your son, you mentioned being married for 15 years, and you mentioned coming out as pansexual. Yes. So tell us your story. Yes. So um, sometimes transformation and evolution can be a slow process over lots of years. And then sometimes, as a lot of us have experienced, there can be one transformative event that just changes everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think I had a little bit of both of those two things that were true for me. Um, 
then I'm really someone who values self-awareness and personal growth. So I've been on that journey a little bit by a little bit my whole adult life. But I will say that when my son was diagnosed with leukemia, it was like a bomb that exploded in my life. Mm. Um, I thought I'd had big transformative experiences before, and I had learned some interesting lessons uh, for sure. But I'd never been through anything like staring death in the face with my child. Mm. And so when he was first diagnosed, he was in the hospital for 31 days. And I had this moment while I was in the hospital with him where I said to myself, the life I have been living is not the life I want to live anymore. Mm. Um, We only get one time around. We get one chance at this. And I want to be better. I want to be happier. I want to be authentically me. And I want my child to know that person. I want him to see what self-love, what authenticity, and what a happy mom looks like. And so I said, when we get out of here, it's going to be different. Mm. And that was the moment. Um, uh, Not much longer after that, New Year's Eve 2021, I gave myself a deadline. (laughs) (laughs) I decided 2022 was going to be my year. Yeah. Um, I know I needed to decide what direction my marriage was going to take. Um, I knew I was going to stop hiding and start living authentically um, and take that courageous step and be brave enough to come out. Um, And so that's kind of where it all started. And 2022 was a difficult year, but it was a year of really intentional transformation. So that's what really helped you take that step you needed to take to go in the direction you wanted your life to go in. What would you say to women who, like, how do you take that step prior to something happening in your life that changes everything? Because that's usually what happens. A lot of us go through situations that are either horrific, eye-opening, things like that, and then we make a change. But it's something, like you said, you have been thinking about it initially for a while. How do you do that without waiting until that? Yes, that's the magic question. That's the million dollar question is being brave enough to do it now before everything falls apart. Um, But what I will say is there will come a time in your life when staying curled up in that tight little cocoon becomes more painful than getting out. Mm. And when you have that moment of saying, I can't do this anymore that's when it's time to seek support. The universe is telling you it's time to move. Let's move. Um, And I think so many times, I know something that was holding me back was like, I felt like it all had to be done right now. And we just need to make all the announcements and get it over with and rip the bandaid off. Um, And for sure, if you're geared that way, go for it, do it. But I think a lot of us um, are a little more timid and a little afraid to do that kind of thing. And so we don't recognize that even taking small steps, small steps um, to listening to our intuition um, towards the life that we want to have will eventually get you where you want to go. So any kind of forward progress should be celebrated Mm. because that's getting you where you want to be. And so that's what I would say to women. Yes, you are in your comfort zone right now, but eventually your comfort zone is going to become painful for you. Mm. So what kind of small steps can you take to get you where you want to go? Wow. That's actually really 
good advice because you don't really think about it like that. Like you said, you kind of, you think you have to do everything big. Yeah. Everything has to happen now. Mm-hmm. But, and I think even those small steps, no matter what you're transitioning to or transforming into, those small steps gives you the encouragement to move on to the next step. And the they next do. Yeah, yeah. They make you feel like you're making progress and you're getting somewhere and you're not stuck anymore. And that feeling of being stuck is what causes you the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, what does self-discovery mean to you? So self-discovery means that you are open and willing to take a look at yourself and being aware of how you operate and get curious about why you do the things that you do. Um, sometimes that journey can be fun and exciting, uh, but also sometimes that journey can lead you to some really unexpected and uncomfortable places. So you kind of have to be willing to sit with that discomfort and that fear sometimes and get curious about it. Um, talk to the fear, rumble with the fear a little bit, try to see where it's coming from. Um, and of course, a coach is a really great partner to walk with you yeah. through those situations. Well, I ask you that question because you mentioned earlier being married for 15 years Mm -hmm. and you're married to your best friend. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you come? Well, first, we talked about the steps that kind of led you to moving into the direction of your living your authentic life, Mm -hmm. living authentically. Mm -hmm. But how did that how did you do that when you talk to him like? What happened and what was his reaction, if you don't mind sharing that with us? Absolutely. I would love to share that. Well, first off, I would like to say that we had a really great relationship to begin with. So, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I want to interrupt you one minute. You also were brought up in a very angelical home. Your father was a pastor. You know, there are a lot of, we call them PKs, pastor's kids. There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot expected from you. So let's add that piece in there too. Like, Yeah, sure. So yeah, there's a lot of layers happening here. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Um, so yeah, we talk about societal expectations and the way we were raised and things like that. Those are all just layers of fear and layers of things that we have to peel back to really evaluate, am I really feeling this? Why am I feeling this? How do I move forward? What does my intuition say? Those things like that. Um, So yes, eventually there came a time when I did have to talk to my husband about this. And um, like I said, we already had a really good relationship. I I don't, I wasn't afraid of him like uh, flying off the handle or, or anything like that. We were pretty good at communicating with each other. And so We had the conversation, but of course, um, it did cause him a lot of pain. It hurt him. Um, And of course, that hurt me that I was hurting him because, of course, that was not my intention. But in order to live a life of authenticity, I felt like it was important that I be honest, even when that was difficult. Um, So the good news is there's a happy ending. Okay, Um, Yeah, we have a great co-parenting relationship and we have a great friendship. Um, It wasn't always like it is now, though. I don't want to give the impression that it was it's all been sunshine and roses uh, because it hasn't. Um, 
but we're really good about communicating with each other and, and talking to each other about how we need to move forward. And now we have a really non-traditional family structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came out to him, number one, I think it's important to say that I had a therapist. I've, I've had a therapist and or a coach and or both for the last seven years. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's because this is a lot going on, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I definitely didn't move through this alone and it, it didn't all happen overnight, but one light bulb moment I had when I was coming out to my husband and we were figuring out how to move forward <clears throat> in this was that not only was it important to be truthful, but it was also kind of freeing that we have the freedom to create the kind of family unit that we want. Mm-hmm. Like there's no set in stone rule book that says families have to look one certain way. And so I was like, that's it. That's what it is. We have total freedom to do what's best for us, for our family and for our child. And so what that ended up being with was that we're really fortunate in our house. We have the space where we can all stay in the same house mm-hmm. and still have our own spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, we're not married anymore. And we both kind of have our own lives, but we're both here in the same home with our child, especially while he's still going through leukemia treatment and it's working out really well. So, you know, there was a ton of anxiety and fear and all of that stuff going through that process and figuring it out, but we got it figured out and it's working really well. Oh, that's great. Great. Well, (laughs) let me ask then about the parents. Yes. Like, how did they feel about you coming out pansexual as a pansexual? So I have been really fortunate. Um, my family, both of my parents have been really supportive. And it's it's kind of funny how terrified I was to come out to my parents at 42 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you're an adult, it should be easier, uh, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, when I told my mom, she said she already knew. Oh, um, so, you know, moms just sometimes know, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um Dad was very supportive. Um, Both of them just expressed that they just want me to be happy, no matter what type of relationship I'm in. Um, But I do know how fortunate I am in that. And not everyone has that experience. So I'm very thankful for that. And and I wanted to ask, how did you navigate? Of course, you have your feelings Mm -hmm. and what you know you want to you. You want to live this life of authenticity. How did you navigate that as a woman you know, we want to take care of everyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. We're all about everyone. And sometimes we neglect ourselves. How did you navigate those feelings and the feelings of others? Like, what did you tell yourself to make this happen? Yeah. So the truth behind that is I did not do that well at all. Uh, okay. So at- I believe that. <laughs> that did it. It would be really hard. It is really, really difficult because, um, The time between me coming out to myself and when I finally moved forward with taking my life in the direction of authenticity and that I knew it needed to go, that was years. Mm. That was years. It took lots of time and lots of support to move through that process. Um, I was very used to putting my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own needs on the back burner in favor of everyone else's, like many of us as women are. So I would just soldier through and do my best. And um, most days was just treading water, trying to keep the status quo. 
Mm. which, you know, th- that of course we know isn't good for any of us. Not, it's not good for our kids to see that. That's not good for our partners. It's not good for our employers, but we feel like if we keep the status quo and don't upset anybody, it's going to be okay that we're doing the right thing. Um, I wasn't always where I am right now. It was yeah. very, a, definitely a long and time consuming growth process. Like I said, with lots of support, lots of support, but I'm telling you that that moment when I was in the hospital with cash, that was it. Like it's been at that point, it had been 41 years. It's been 41 years at this point. Mm. Um, we're probably, you know, Lord willing, we're right in the middle. Yeah. Um, so how's it going to be different when we leave here? Is it going to be like the last decade or is it going to be like the last five years or what, what am I going to do differently here? So that was really the moment that kind of spurred me to action. Well, I think a lot of times we think that the, the situations that we're in, where we're our lowest, where things are rough, where we're stuck is where it will always be. So mm-hmm. it's good to see someone like yourself who's come out on the other side of those feelings. What would you tell someone that might be going through something similar to what you went through or even just a different story, different situation, but still stuck? What kind of advice would you give them? I would say honoring who you are at the core is the answer. And I know it's hard. I know it it can be terrifying. Um, But just starting to recognize within yourself that I am worth this. And I may not have all the skills I need to get this done, but I believe that I can. Mm -hmm. I believe that I can do that. Um, That's where you have to start is just knowing that, number one, it's not always going to be like this. Okay. Um, That's something my dad used to tell me all the time. If you don't like the way things are right now, just wait, they'll change. They might not be better, but they're going to (laughs) change. So knowing that everything is kind of impermanent, it's not always going to be this exact same way that you feel right now. It's going to change. But then two, really start tuning into your core self because things aren't going to get a whole lot better until you start making decisions out of that place. When you can start making those decisions, you're going to start seeing that forward progress and you're going to start to feel unstuck. Wow. Wow. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. We talked about your son. How's he doing? He's doing awesome. He's doing really, really well. Um, So I'll tell you a little bit about how all that went down. Um, So when he was nine years old in 2021, um, he started fourth grade. And in September, he won the punt, pass, and kick competition for his fourth grade class. Ooh. So he was super excited. Things were going well. And then um, for a couple of weeks, he started complaining about tummy aches, which um, um, I'm like, oh, you know, school's just starting. No big deal. It's just nerves. But we ended up taking him to the doctor because uh, they didn't go away. And thankfully, our doctor had enough foresight to do a chest x-ray on him while we were there trying to figure out what was going on. And they found a four by six inch mass that was wrapped around his heart and pushing his uh, his right lung almost out of his chest cavity. Wow. I mean, just out of the blue. I mean, this child had never even been to the doctor, really, except for well child visits. Yeah. Um, So this was completely unexpected. And then we found ourselves sitting in the ER in the middle of the night, being told by oncologists that our kiddo had leukemia. 
So to say that was the worst night of my life is not an exaggeration. Yeah. Um, The terror that he was going to die was just so real. And it's, it's really important. I say this, all I knew about childhood cancer at that point was like what I saw on infomercials, like for St. Jude's, like later. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to remember that those are fundraising commercials they want to connect with you emotionally. Those are not always happy stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is all I knew. So I was so afraid that Cash was going to die. Um, but now whenever I talk about childhood leukemia, I make it my mission to tell people that there's a 90% cure right now. Wow. <laughs> so okay. In case you ever find yourself as a parent in my shoes, know that there's a really good chance they're going to have a great outcome. Oh, um, okay. Now, treatment was brutal. Brutal. Um, most kids make it though. Um, like I said, Cash did stay in the hospital for about a month and he received intensive chemo after he was diagnosed. Um, and the really cool thing is that after two weeks, his first two weeks in the hospital, there was no evidence of leukemia left in his body. Oh, wow. Yeah. It went away that quickly. Um, medical advancements are just amazing right now. Um, And it was great that it was found. Like you said, the doctor had the foresight to do the chest x-ray. Just absolutely everything happened the way it was supposed to. Um, It's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you really talk about all the things leading up to that and how it could have been missed and things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, But his protocol, he has to have chemo every single day for three and a half years. Oh, wow. Even though it's been gone for a very, you know, a, a year and a half now it's been gone. But if we don't take chemo every day, it might come back. So that's been really tough as a parent to watch him go through. He's in middle school now. We just started middle school a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, that's kind of an awkward time anyway. Yeah. Um, and so on top of that, he's dealing with changes in his body because of chemo mm-hmm. and things like that. So we're navigating that one day at a time and really looking forward to January, 2025 when we are done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a brave kid. He is. He's amazing. Yeah. He's a brave kid. So we've talked about how your story is one of transformation, courage, and the relentless pursuit of authenticity. Um, What has been your overall lesson? that life has taught you? Expect the unexpected? Is that a response? Is that it? Yes. That's actually a real response. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, that's, we've definitely seen that can happen for sure. Um, But really, I think that um, life has taught me that we have more courage and resilience inside of us than we think we have. Mm. Um, Because I know there are days that we all experience, I can't keep doing this. I can't go on. This is too painful. Um, At that point, reach out for support. High achieving women do not like to ask for help. We got this. We're good. And we will suffer in silence as long as we can. Mm -hmm. But that is so unhealthy for us. And that is never going to get us to the place that we want to be. So reaching out for support and really understanding that we have so much more courage and resilience inside of us than sometimes we feel like we do. Um, Everybody experiences fear. I hate the word fearless. It is a pet peeve I have when people say fearless. No one is fearless. Everyone experiences fear. 
But what we can do is feel the fear and still do the thing anyway. Yeah. Um, And that's really what my life's work is about. And that's really the lesson that I have learned is that even when I'm absolutely terrified, and I am most of the time, (laughs) Yeah. even even coming on with you today to tell my story, you know, that's, you know, people are going to hear this. It's recorded. You know, you're really practicing vulnerability. Yeah. You know, when you tell your story, but you know what? We have more courage inside of us and more bravery inside of us than we even know. And the thing is, your story is a good story. I mean, somebody it will resonate with. I mean, I think everybody it will resonate with in the fact that everyone goes through these goes through changes. And especially at this point in life, when I like to use, of course, mature, because this is mature allure. There's so many changes that are happening, not just to our bodies, not just to our families, to our even our employment and job situations. And that's how I even started all of this because I had two gigs and both of them around the same time, the positions were eliminated. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. This is a sign. But I mean, there's so much that you just kind of have to, like you said, expect the unexpected. There's so much that always comes at us. So your story is one that really just in pivoting, you know, taking the steps. It's really a good story. And I appreciate you being here, Ashley. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate Um, you giving me the opportunity to tell it. No problem. So if someone were to get in touch with you just Mm -hmm. for either coaching or a little inspiration, just to learn more about you, how would they go about doing that? Right. So you can find me on all of the major social media channels. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, You can just search Revolution Experience Coaching or Ashley Cochran and you will find me. Um, You can also go to my website, which is revxcoaching.com, like Revolution Experience. It's R-E-V-E-X coaching.com. You can also email me at revxcoaching at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ashley, thank you again for being here. Thank you for, you know, participating in this mature lure conversation and hope to have you on soon. Maybe you give us an update on your son and how everything's going along. And maybe we talk about the non-traditional family dynamic. That's a, that's a good topic too. So I would absolutely love to. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mature Allure. For more information about us, visit matureallure.net and get social with us on Instagram and YouTube at mature.allure, Facebook at For Mature Allure, and Twitter at mature underscore allure. Till next time, we encourage you to stay positive, embrace who you are at every stage of your life, and always tap into your mature allure. <laughs>